Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. Time and a place for such things. Like right here on Nerdyverse. Ah, ah. surprise. Uh, welcome to another episode of Nerdyverse uh, here on Nerd yeah. Herder. You'll never get context for that. No, ever. Um, this is where we talk about everything not Star Wars uh, in our life that we love. And uh, yeah, we are excited to finally be uh, on the podcast talking about. We've been talking about WandaVision the whole time. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, Constantly. Uh, it's it's nice to be able, now that we have everything, um, to be able to sit down with cameras in our faces and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, and I, we would love, just right off, off the bat, this is more fun with friends. So we would love after this uh, for your thoughts, your favorite moments, your theories. Did something happen you knew was going to happen? Did nothing happen you expected to happen? Did you like it? Uh, all of that great stuff. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear about that because uh, that's essentially what we're going to do is is kind of uh, recap it from our perspective. Yeah, we're going to uh, recap it and wreak havoc. Yeah. Um, and um, not a faithful recap, not a oh, minute for minute. Um, in fact, before, well, um, before I invite you to share your general thoughts uh, about the show, you know, kind of setting up our what I thought would be a fun journey mechanic um, is I found this graphic, and uh, if I remember, I will put it up uh, <laughs> here for those watching. If you're listening, I mean... You don't get to see it. Right. I, I'll, I, I will find a way uh, to make it end up on Twitter somehow we'll or something. We'll come to your house, <laughs> and we'll show it <laughs> we'll, to you. We'll shove it in your face. Um, but no, Social um, distancing I found a masking. great graph of... Or not a graph, really, but an image someone made of WandaVision explored the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And it has different elements that represent denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Although I did, I don't recall depression. I guess it's just sadness. It's supposed to mean sadness. I, I don't recall depression being a part of the... Um, I mean, it is a part of grief, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, uh, the original, like, five beats of grief. Yes. I think it's... I, I think I know it as sadness, but, I mean... Yeah, I... The first time that I was introduced to that concept was an episode of Monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when uh, his therapist quits. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, and he just keeps going he just through. Immediately, <laughs> one after the other, just goes through the five stages of grief. Yeah, and then starts over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so either way, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I thought that'd be a fun way to kind of track our journey through discussing the show because I feel like that's not just a, hey, they accidentally did this. Like, I no, and, and if you followed along with our spoiler-free moments of WandaVision discussion on uh, Twitter, which is why Twitter, you should follow us there. It's our main fan-interacting platform. Yeah. Um, it's also where the shenanigans happen. Yeah. So if you followed along, you would have seen, like, most of the praises I have for it. Um, it, it it's with how it displays depression and grief and how it shows that journey because... It very poetically uh, elaborates on something that I and many of people have gone through or currently go through or struggle with. It's these things where it's just like these are feelings that are heavy and oppressive and we can't explain, but here's this show doing it for us. Please watch it if you want to understand and empathize. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I loved it. So I want to use that to guide us through um, as we discuss about WandaVision and, and our favorite moments of a very good but very – very pointy. Heavy show, yeah. yeah. Um, but before we like go through the journey and, and, and through uh, moment to moment, I kind of wanted to see your overall brain dump on WandaVision before we get into that. I think... And also I want to sip. Oh, take a sip, baby. Um, I think it was a very fun show at the beginning that just... I'm not going to say devolved because that, that would mean that it you know, lowered in quality. I, I think it excelled. Mm-hmm. It would be a better word because it just kept Flourished. getting better. 
flourished. Yes, absolutely. It it just every episode added onto itself and was just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes a lot to say that I enjoyed, you know, every single episode for different reasons. Like, I loved the references to Dick Van Dyke in those 50s and 60s sitcoms because that's what I grew up watching yeah. with my parents. Um, it was just, it was fun to have that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, even the episodes that went outside of the hex. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed the interactions of uh, Jimmy Woo and Darcy just mm-hmm. as much as I enjoyed, you know, Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh. Monica Rambo, Yeah. Just 10 out of 10. <laughs> Every female character in this show is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, to have this many strong female characters, you know, all evenly distributed, all funny or all, um, you know, powerful. Like, mm-hmm. every, everyone is well-rounded. No one feels like they got gypped or got the cheap part, if that yeah. makes sense. Even some people could probably maybe point to Darcy, but I even feel like she contributes a, a lot, especially when she gets yeah. in the hex. I mean, she she's the reason they knew what was going on. Yeah. Like, you she, cannot she, She's the one that kind of tied, it, tied both of the worlds together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, every interaction that she and Jimmy had was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, especially at the end, um, well... The introduction at the end with her and Vision, mm-hmm. which is just fantastic with her as the escape artist. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and there's so many things um, in Wanda's approach to covering up the real world that are uh, ironic mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that being one of them uh, and everything. And I, I feel like there, there's so many things, little details that obviously we won't get to and, t- and talk about and everything. But it's no, worth yeah. saying that the attention that they gave every little decision, every point uh it is significant it is Mm -hmm. it is a big deal and it's obviously well appreciated oh absolutely like i i think that's exactly it is every there is so much attention to detail in this show from like the big huge reveals to the very small character moments Mm -hmm. that are so that can be so looked over Mm -hmm. um like i have to think of a good one now (laughs) the beginning um of the first episode, mm-hmm. where Catherine Hahn is introduced. Mm-hmm. Just the mentioning of her husband, Ralph, mm-hmm. and never seeing him. And then the reveal at the end of who Ralph is. Like, yeah. I loved that so much. Yeah. And also, his last name's Boner. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny um, joke. I don't really care for Fox X-Men, so I didn't have a whole lot of commitment to those yeah. properties and characters going in. And... At the end of the day, I'm okay with the explanation that we got. Now, I want to say because um, uh, I've interacted with a follower who has been very vocal about how she didn't appreciate it. And I don't want it to seem insensitive. I mean, obviously, I've just shared my opinion of it. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the main thing to take from it is, again, it's, it's that we're seeing it from the audience perspective. You know, when when we kind of suspend that we're the audience, Mm -hmm. this factoid means something to us. It means nothing in universe, like nothing in universe set up. This is connecting to multiverse worlds. Now, I mean, they could go back on it and be like, no, it it is multiverse stuff. But I'm okay that it's just some dude that, you know, Agatha waved some magic over. And there we go. Um if you enjoy those movies and if you enjoy Evan Peters' Quicksilver, I, I will say his Quicksilver so funny. is the better part of the movies he's in. Of um, It's not first class. It's um, No, it's the, it's the... He's in Dark Phoenix. Uh, Days of Future Past. He, that's the one. Yeah, like he, he's a highlight. And, and there's a reason they would pick a great guy like him to bring that to life there. And he clearly had fun with it. If you watch the behind-the-scenes things, he had fun... Uh, getting to do that and that's what it was to him it was just an opportunity to have fun Mm -hmm. so like he played his role very well yeah I think overall they were trying to be respectful and just have fun and I think though if you if you really liked those things I can see how it's just like a letdown um I'm I am honestly me I'm 
happier that he's not Quicksilver and that that's not what that was setting up because I love uh, the MCU Quicksilver mm -hmm. so much more. You know, you know? It, it probably would have benefited us to look up his name before we started It's, it's Aaron something, I believe. It's, it's Aaron Because he's the guy from... Um, it's He's the guy from that uh, Ready Player One, right? And Kick-Ass. No, that's Evan Peters is in Kick-Ass. They're both in Kick-Ass, babe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, no. The, you're thinking of someone different. The air, the guy that played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron is Aaron something who is Kick-Ass in Kick-Ass. Evan Peters plays Kick-Ass's friend in Kick-Ass. That's what's so confusing about these two stars from Kick-Ass who are actual friends both playing the same character. I thought... And I feel like <laughs> I, I recognize there's people that know me that have just heard me say ass a lot. <laughs> And I'm sorry. It's but the name of the it's movie. It's the name of the movie. All right. If it helps, imagine it's a donkey. Like, goodness gracious. Here's the thing. Don't pretend like there aren't movies named with the word ass <laughs> in them, all right? So. I've heard my mom say worse. We'll, we'll take your calls <laughs> afterwards, folks. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I it would have been one of those things where it's like, I like Evan Peters, but I, I like the MCU portrayal more. Mm -hmm. If they had overwritten him... And we're like, yeah, we're just going to go give it to this guy because he's more relevant and, and more recent. Mm -hmm. I would have been offended. So I feel like this is a no-win scenario of it's a joke that some people are going to get, some people are going to like, and then other people are just going to be like, yeah, it's the one thing about this show I hate. And I don't know. I wish I could reconcile it in a way. Like, I don't know. I thought it was a funny joke, though. It was a very funny joke. <laughs> like, I, I love the goof that is, you know, the concept of Columbo's wife, mm -hmm. where you never see her, you mm -hmm. never see Mrs. Columbo, but you know that she exists. Mm -hmm. Like, the the fact that uh, Agnes Agatha would co-opt that and just mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, my husband Ralph. Uh, so hopefully that ramble makes sense of how I feel about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. It was fun. I, I kind of, I just thought about it that it, way. It's fake in a New Jersey. Who cares? <laughs> New Jersey's fake, so I mean, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> New Jersey doesn't exist. Dan Avedon does not exist. <laughs> He's the only good thing to come out of Jersey. Dang. <laughs> like Jesus sure. out of Nazareth, so is Dan out of Jersey. <laughs> oh, I've said ass living. so much, and now I've sacrileged Jesus's name. I'm definitely in trouble for this one. You're going to get a call from Melinda. Oh, Just anyway. Like, what did you do? So, on to the show as a whole. So, following these stages of grief, it's interesting that we jump in in a very clueless way because it starts off in a way. Um, and this was the thing that kind of had everybody interested because obviously they were teasing elements of this is not straightforward mm -hmm. in the trailers leading up to it. You could see sitcom elements and you could see all these things that no one could make sense of and then all of a sudden we get the first episode and we're just dropped straight into a sitcom love and it. really until and i love the connection they made in the behind the scenes thing where they threw in the idea of this twilight zone element until that moment at the dinner party in the first one nothing is weird yeah they're just living life they're just yeah. being a couple yeah it's so trippy and then all of a sudden it you're clued in Something is definitely off. And, of course, this fits the bill of the denial phase of grief. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you take in the whole story, we find out this happens right after Endgame, obviously. But right after also, she's picking up the pieces, literally, of what's happened. Like, what, mm -hmm. what's transpired and, and everything. And so, out of, out of her grief, she creates this narrative. And then I want to pause to let you add some conversation, because otherwise I could just talk forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's okay, baby. I, I figured this would be a, a very you episode, which I'm fine with, because, you know, you have a lot to say about it. Um, I have a lot of grief. Is that what you mean? That, that wasn't what you I was You giving saying. me grief? <laughs> I'm busting you, Grief Karga? Dylan. <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm not continuing after. <laughs> Give me Come a sec. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsors. Thank yeah. you, Jim, Doug, and Rebecca, for being awesome people and somehow throwing your money away at this. You, pay you for too this. can join Patreon and support us, send our cats to college, and somehow pay for us to say ass more. <laughs> we could. Oh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go with that joke anyway. Please? I'm already in enough hot water. Please. 
Uh, no. What is this, a jacuzzi? We can fit so much butt in this show, if only you'll join Patreon. <laughs> what is this, the Scare of Butt podcast? Or you can uh, support us through Anchor for free. Uh, and then, you know what? You get butt both ways. <laughs> One cheek and both hands, you two can have the herd butt. My favorite. Um, this has gotten so far Red away. What has happened? Network show is the Scare of Scuttle Ass podcast. Oh my gosh. Can we run this? I think Boba, so. Boba, can we run this? Pumpkins. He doesn't care. He's not listening. Our investors have hung up on us. <laughs> anyway. What was I saying? So, initial <laughs> thoughts jumping in. We're in the denial phase. Okay. Help so us, please. So, here's the thing. Is, out of all of the episodes that we watched, this is the one that I've heard the most negative stuff about. Really? For some reason, people in our friends group did not like the first two episodes. Hmm. For some reason. Well... Like, it, it's great. Yeah, to that point, I'll say, like, initially before watching, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with the sitcom stuff. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to go and how much of the story that's going to be. It's going to be weird. And then jumping in, the only thing I had to say was, why did they quit the sitcom stuff so soon? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I loved it so much. I mentioned at the top of the episode, like, this was the television that I would watch with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, we would, you know, be just a sitting on the couch, and we would turn on, like, the Andy Griffith show, the Dick Van Dyke show, yeah. the Mary Tyler Moore show, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes MASH, because mm-hmm. that was a fun show to watch, I guess. <laughs> that was what I grew up with. I have a lot of nostalgia attached to that era of television. Yeah. Like, uh, I watch the... What the... What does the... I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. As a comfort show. Yeah. Like, I, I love that era. Yeah, well, and I'll say, like, stuff like um, Dick Van Dyke's show, I Love Lucy and Bewitched, the, those episodes, those elements were some of my favorite because those were shows I enjoyed more. When they got into the, like, Full House, when they got into, like, the, um, yeah. what was that, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle, yes. Uh, I wasn't there for that. I wasn't into it at all and everything, and... You know, I was just not, not a fan. You were busy doing taxes, <laughs> smoking cigars. So it's just like, I, you know, the I think that's why the first two episodes with their sitcominess, uh, that's what's so more so much more appealing. Like, once they get to a certain point, the the MCU plot takes over and the sitcoms take a side seat for me and my mm-hmm. preference because I don't care about these this era of sitcoms. I wasn't in the Brady Bunch. I wasn't into Family Ties. I wasn't into those things. I think it was, at least for us, the best way to start because it was mm-hmm. the, the favorites. It was the, it was the good classic sitcoms, the things that built everything else that came after it. This will probably, like, date my understanding of television. Mm-hmm. But, like, I made the joke earlier of I was, me, and my fam, me and my brothers were raised by the babysitter, mm-hmm. which will make sense if you've seen the movie Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the TV. Yeah. Like, that was, it was no, like, fault of our parents, but we were latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. We would come home, we would sit down in front of the TV, and do our homework. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, it does. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I I just, I did hate that they moved so quickly away from these elements, and that... It they, was very good. I mean, obviously, we're getting a good trade. It's just like, hey, here's this good thing, and then here's this other good thing, but we have to leave this good thing for that thing. So, leaving the sitcom gaminess of it for the plot to start taking over it it was a good trade but it was also hard because i loved the the denial phase so much Mm -hmm. um though it obviously this being the first it can be easy to kind of move on to the next things which we will do but Mm -hmm. it's only through later episodes though that the denial phase becomes so much more depressing you know when you understand why Dick Van Dyke was the inspiration, when you understand why any of this was the inspiration. Um, you know, there's uh, a quote from, you know, this graph attributes the uh, Modern Family episode to depression, mm-hmm. which absolutely. 100%. But um, there's a thing she says in there of, uh, it's after she's really realized that, oh, this is fake, I'm in control, but it's fake. And she kind of sidelines a conversation of like, yeah, you just start stretching the walls of this, imaginary world you created to kind of correct that that's denial that's that's Mm -hmm. that's what you go through when you're just like no i don't like these emotions and feelings i'm gonna make it this Uh, and um yeah it's it's so interesting how uh, obviously you know later things 
add more punction to the the earlier things. Yeah. Uh, punctuation, I mean. Yeah, and you know, in her defense, she did have a case of Mondays. I'm not going to get into those conversations of, like, in her in defense of Wanda. No, Because I feel like it's a stupid conversation to begin with. That's why that was a goof. Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't directed towards you. I just <laughs> I feel like people, I, I know it's going to come up, and it's one of those things, if we need to have a conversation about how Wanda Maximoff is not the villain of this show, I'm going to lose my mind. We're going to pop your head like a grape. Like, that's... For a Twitter thread, that's for a blog on nerdherderpodcast.wordpress.com. You can go and subscribe for future content, episodes, and blogs there. That's something for that where I can really just shred my thoughts on a keyboard because <laughs> feelings. So, so many feelings. But anyway, uh, yes. So I, I feel like later elements enforce denial as one of the. It's so it's so ironic that it would be one of our favorites. Because it's so fake. I don't, no, I get you 100%. Like, I started crocheting because, like, it kept my hands busy for the longest time. And, and, you know, I had a period in my life where I was anxious, like, 24 hours a day. My hands would shake so bad that I had to pick up something to do. Yeah. And so I looked up a YouTube video on how to crochet. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. fixed it. You're a tactile gra- uh, grounder. Exactly. Um, yeah. Follow me for more coping mechanisms. So. <laughs> Please don't. I'm bad at those. I'm podcasting is a coping mechanism. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> I mean, in our case, it was. It, yeah. Like, podcasting was a response to grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but no, so it moves. The first couple of episodes are very covered up. They're very, you get these little elements of things aren't right. But overall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not until, I believe, it is the 70s episode. Um no, it's the 80s. I'm sorry. It's the 80s episode where um, now Monica Rambeau's character has made it into the hex. I-, I love how subtly she just appears. No, that is the 70s episode. Yeah, that's why. No, it's uh, it's 80s. She appears in the 70s episode, but the, I'm talking about the 80s episode. Okay. So she's appeared in the world, and it's kind of covered up at first. Of She's just interesting now. She's the character that Wanda's talking to now, like... You don't really think of it. She's just another citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the next episode, she starts to crack, and that's where anger becomes the phase mm-hmm. of where now she's poked holes in this denial narrative that Wanda's created, and the first reflex of that is anger. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going through, and, and none of this is to be taken as if we're professionals on anything or Absolutely. whatever. I mean, we've we've... We said ass so much. Clearly, we're not professionals. <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things, though, where like when you've done so much work to create this world that helps you at least forget about your problems, and someone challenges that. Of, I mean, I've even been guilty of it. Of, well, you should probably do this, and I snap because it's just like, no, don't tell me what I need. I'm doing this. This helps. This takes my mind off of it. This feels good. Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially kind of the moment she has when um, Monica, I don't remember what they call her in the hex, uh, in the world that Wanda created, but um, she's just like, oh yeah, your brother Pietro was killed by Ultron, right? And it's funny how already she's stronger than everyone else because her personality's coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, no one has that level of control, but clearly she does. And I feel like that has to do with why she's able to force her way through the hex anyway, is because something innate in her was already powerful, and then the mm-hmm. hex just added on to that. Yeah, I've seen a, uh, I saw a theory that prolonged exposure to Carol Danvers mm-hmm. caused her mother's cancer simultaneously, but also made her... Oh, we got a Mary Jane situation right now. Yeah. 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 That's kind of sad. <laughs> Um, I mean, that would kind of make sense. Like, I I feel like something, seeds had to have been planted that Wanda essentially just soaked in miracle grow, (laughs) and then we get, um, I've heard different names of who she's supposed to be from the comics. The the most prevalent one I think I've heard is Photon, um, or something. Um, I don't know that she's been named in show. I'm sure she's going to get a code name through Sword now that she's cool. I can't read. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, but um, 
so yeah, so then we get into the anger uh, phase to where she's flexing on, she's starting to know things are off, mm-hmm. but she's not necessarily wanting to take it down. No, of course not. Uh, that's also the same, the anger episode's also the same episode. We get the twins, mm-hmm. yay. Baby boys. Um, you know, and I think this is, again, an element of later episodes that informant of, you know, vision getting this property for them to grow old together, this idea of family, this idea of normal. Yeah. Like, she is retroactively creating that. Um, whether she remembers that or not, um, you know, th- I don't know exactly in these moments how much of before the heck she remembers because it seems like she creates it and then she's just lost in the sauce. And so, but I think subconsciously she does remember it in a way that that's what she, that's what's informing what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Family, you know, eventually kids get in, and it's sitcom formula too, but it's a lot of that is she's slowly creating this world that she envisioned should have had that, you know, in her mind, and rightfully so, um, they deserve to have and, and, and didn't get. And, and that's the sad part of it all is it's just like everyone else has moved on and everything else has gone about its business, and yet she can't because her business is dead. Her, her, mm-hmm. her life, you know, is dead. And it's not to unhealthily set up the partner as the sole meaning of life and everything, but anyone with... I think with any partner, you are going to have a cavity that's more than just, oh, that sucks, you know. So losing vision, especially given her trauma coming through life, you know, that it's, it's too much to move on. It's not, I don't know, it's, it's, it's too big to Mm -hmm. kind of just go to therapy for and be good. Yeah. Clearly. (laughs) you know and so and that's what that's that emotion and power that's fueling everything she's doing is because it's such it's it's informed by such grief Mm -hmm. and you know the first knee-jerk reaction for anyone going through that is i'm gonna push this way down well yeah she literally does that to monica but like you mentioned therapy the reason that a lot of people don't want to go to therapy is because you're encouraged to explore those things. Yeah. You cannot just push stuff down and not deal with it because that's what's going to kill you in the end. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that, that's what the hex is a metaphor for. Yeah. Like, it, it's a prison cell that she has created for her trauma. Yeah, it's, it's making everything look okay on Facebook. It's yeah. not talking to people when they ask if you're okay. It's not... Uh, reaching out for help when you have those dark impulses. Like, it, the hex is a metaphor for all of those unhealthy coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that people do, not just in grief, as in you've lost someone, but also just in mental health crisis in general. You can go yeah. through a mental health crisis without being mentally disabled, without having a disorder, or without having any major uh, trauma. You can just have a moment where you break down. Yeah. You know, like, it's, I don't think there's any point in this show where you can be like, well, doesn't apply to me. In, in one form or, or another, this is all human, deep down. Yeah. And everyone experiences it. Some because of loss, some because of crisis. Others, just because it's Tuesday. Like, you know. Yeah. You never know. So, but yeah, it's such a metaphor for, hey, this sucks and hurts and is dark and I hate it. So I'm not going to acknowledge it, yep. uh, you know, um, and that's where all that anger comes from in, in that uh, response of here's this world peeking through that reminds you of your trauma. How dare you take away my pacifier? <laughs> right. Like um, and so but then, um, you know, the next over the next couple of episode and a half or so, you know, vision starts to kind of come to yeah, stuff's weird. You know, you just had kids after four hours like it's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. Um which goes to show, like, they both believed this was real mm-hmm. up until it got weird. Yeah, and, like, there's that moment in the 70s episode where Vision, with his floppy hair, mm-hmm. just, can we just acknowledge Paul Bettany? He looked great. He turned some looks. Yeah, everything he did just, was amazing. Even with his blue face and mm-hmm. his ears, he, he looked fantastic. 
Like, that's just if you pure Yeah, watch the behind the scenes if you didn't know how they do the vision thing. It's very funny. It's very cool. Um, yeah, he he has that moment of, wait, what what you say? A few times in those episodes. Yeah, um, and so, and that leads into the bargain stage where he's purview to, things are a little weird. Mm-hmm. And even Wanda's kind of like, yeah, it's not what I think it is. Yeah. But clearly it's given me all these things. Well, like, at the very beginning of the 80s episode, when Mm -hmm. Agnes makes her entrance, and she's like, do you want me to take that scene again? Like, that was a very good moment. I think that's the 90s. Mm. I think that's the the Family Ties one. I thought that the 90s was the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Nope. Okay. Wait. No, you're right. So then the 80s would be the Family Ties, and then the 70s would be the... You were right earlier. Yes, but I didn't want to correct They weren't you. all very clear because I didn't watch any of these in the time period they were. And <laughs> so, like I said, babysitter. I was watching black and white in the 90s. So. Yeah, I, I was sat in front of ABC Family for most yeah, of my so childhood. Yeah, so you see all so. of these back to back and you think they all happen and you're just like, why can't this show afford color? <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. either way. So, uh, yes, yeah, there's that that moment. And, and that's some of the stuff where Vision's just like, Wait, what? What? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, that episode is great and, for a look behind right. what's going on. Well, and it's a it's an example of here is someone, a creation of her magic and imagination, yes, but here is someone who cares about her, who should be there to help her, who she's closing out because it fits the narrative better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's investigating because he's like, what's weird? What's wrong here? What's going on? What can I fix? And then she's like, no, it's nothing. It's just, it's fine. It's like, I don't need to fix anything. Look at what this all has done. We have a family. We have a life. You have a job. We're normal. Why do we need to fix anything? Um, and so it's that kind of like, okay, I can deal with this if I have this. It's like that mm-hmm. I, I, balancing act. I, bargaining isn't even necessarily an appropriate word, I think, anymore. I think it's just this idea of balancing. And the way I would describe this is the way I've kind of described, like, um, like keeping unhealthy habits yeah. um, in life of like um, those shows like when nature attacks or whatever like those things where it's just like oh my god I can't believe this you know alpha predator uh, killed this woman you know we were doing a circus act and then all of a sudden he ate her and it's just like who would have thunk and it's just like that's how we are when we're like oh my god I didn't think this addiction would overtake my life and all of a sudden all my money is sunk into it my parents won't um, dig me out of this and my friends won't support me anymore oh my gosh, I just thought, you know, watching porn was fun, but now I don't know how to have healthy relationships. And like, like these things where we're like, no, the lion's just a big cat and cats are cool. So I can keep it mm-hmm. as long as it does my tricks, sit, lay down, roll over. And when the guests come over, I just put it in the basement. That lion is going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it's going to do that. That bad thing and unhealthy habit that you have is going to get you. Yeah. And, and, and when we bargain with, you know, mental health crisis and when we bargain with grief and, and, and these things, like, that's what we're doing is we're playing tricks with an alpha predator. Mm-hmm. And eventually they're going to get tired of, you know, the meow mix and they're going to want you. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's so, it's, it gets invasive. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that, and that's what's happening is it's starting to get in the way of this world she's created. And that's what is starting to kind of break the narrative for her. Yeah, and, you know, you made a great point with her not letting Vision in. Marriage is about communication, (laughs) to be, like, the most cliche person in the world, but it actually is, like, Mm -hmm. in that time of life where, like, I was incredibly anxious, I kept a lot of that to myself, and I, it was a noticeable difference when I started letting you in on stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that is... My biggest marriage advice for anyone, like, yeah, like just talk to your partner, tell them what's going on, because they're going to understand. Yeah. And if they don't help them understand. Yeah. Yeah. And your partner is not your therapist. One hundred percent, not your therapist. <laughs> First of all, you're you just couldn't afford them me. Know. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honey, um, darling, you're worth half a PB and J. That was a goof. No, that's accurate, actually, and it's fallen on the ground, and you forgot to disconfect it before you ate it. So, and <laughs> no, I didn't speak wrong. Yeah, 
Um, disconfect is a word, by the way. Urban dictionary. Anyway, um, no, yeah, your your partner's not your therapist, but they should be your first confidant, at yes. least. And your pal. And if not, you should have that friend. If not, mm-hmm. work to find that person. It's just one of those things. It's just like nothing about life is a, a, a thing you do alone. So mm-hmm. whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's anyone... Uh, find that that person that that confidant that that one that can be there for you yeah. and professionally find someone who can help you walk through yes. that journey of uh you know grief or trauma or crisis whatever there's people that study they they beg people they spend so much money on their masters please give them your money and give them work like <laughs> Goodness gracious. But not just for that reason. Well, no, but I mean, like, you need the help, but it's just like, people work so hard to get in a place to help people, and then nobody, nobody wants help. Yeah. That's the human condition. It's such a sucky thing. I think I can speak for both of us when I say I am a firm believer that everyone needs therapy. Yes. Even if you don't think anything about it. Should therapy be cheaper? Absolutely. That's a different conversation. But up front, should it be accessible to everyone because everyone is screwed up? Because we're all human. And to be human is to be screwed up. Mm -hmm. Like, they are equal. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can point to so many points in my walk with therapy where I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that that was trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, I... It just didn't occur to you when you're well, going it through it. plays out in so many different ways and everything. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So it, and that's why I say this episode kind of discussing Wandavision is more about discussing these five stages of grief because they give such great examples for what it's like to go through that. Yes. Um, now you're gonna go through that whether you get help or not. I feel like I have to say it's not like we're saying therapy and help and. <laughs> friends mean you don't have to go through these phases of mental health Mm -hmm. you know mental health is and i know a lot of people get sick of hearing this analogy but it's a spectrum yes it's not necessarily uh good to better to perfect it's it's more of a just how are you doing today kind of thing yeah can you function (laughs) yeah it's 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 not a do this do that and get this kind of scenario Mm -hmm. and so it's just a matter of how healthily can you go through it. it because you're going to go through the. It's the same thing of like, you know, you can staple your wound shut or you can go to the hospital. Either one's going to stop the bleeding, but one's going to suck more. If you go and get proper help, if you get friends, if you get therapy, if you do mm-hmm. these things, it's probably going to still suck to get that wound sutured, but it's a better and safer option. Yeah, and it, we'd be lying if we said that it all stopped. After, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I've been in therapy. Well, that's what I say. It's, it's like you're going to cycle back to that. Yeah. Like, she's not better because the show's over and exactly. everything's done. Like, Yeah. Like, I've been in therapy since I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I still have depressive episodes. I still have ADHD. Mm-hmm. I still have, you know, all of the mental health issues that I went to therapy well, for. it's the same told. thing of just like, like, you know, I was an alcoholic and it's just like, no, you, you still are. It's just, you've stopped drinking. Like, yeah, it's, it's the element of you, you are. And I, a lot of people don't like it because it's just like, no, I'm more than depression. I'm mm-hmm. more than alcohol. Yeah. That's why you've risen above it. But yeah. you, you have a proclivity towards this thing and to like completely walk away from that truth. You're going to wind up back in that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, unhealthily the difference now is yeah i still struggle with this but now i have help for it now i have coping mechanisms now i have all these things that help get me through it yeah versus nope this just happens every you know once in a while where i just go on a binge to deal with my emotions and and it's fine and then i remember something and then i'm back on the binge and it's just like that's not that's not how it works yeah like i've said it on the podcast before i'm gonna quote it till i die mental health is not your fault but it is your responsibility. Yeah. Like, it's just like taking medicine for uh, arthritis. It's just like, you know, getting that mold taken care of. Mm-hmm. You have to choose to take care of yourself. Like, you have to get up every day and choose violence. No. It, well, you got to do, like, you've got to do the things. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to be work. a better person, you've got to do the things that make you a better person. And you've got to keep yeah. doing them because you're never going to be perfect. And <laughs> like, that's not you know. sexy. Like, but... Well, it's not attractive in your brain to be like, I'm going to Why would you use that word? 
<laughs> because it's the first word that came to my head. I know I'm depressed and sexy. I know this. So. <laughs> yeah, but still. But like it's it's not a it's not ideal. Fun idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's that's Hollywood, baby. That's part of taking care of yourself. Like just do well, it. Yeah. Well, the, again, this shows an example of yeah. like. I did this thing, so I should be good, right? I created this false narrative, so I should feel better. No, like, it's going to eventually yeah. have holes. It's going to fall apart. It's never going to be perfect. I mean, Agnes says as much towards the end of, like, I can teach you how to make it better, but it's never going to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. never going to be complete because it's not real. Like, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the, I almost said magician, even the witch acknowledges magic isn't real at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter what I conjure, it's not real. So I can teach you to make it better, but this is this world is never going to be perfect. And that's all that unhealthy mechanisms like addictions and everything are. It's just this idea of let me keep spending money on Amazon. Let me keep, you know, buying this, uh, you know, stuff. Let me keep eating this food. Like if I keep doing it or if I try a different version of it, then it'll just keep getting better. This this little world I've created to mask my trauma. Mm-hmm. No, like, sure, one thing, like, yes, please eat tubs of ice cream rather than watch endless hours of porn. One is better than the other. They're both wrong still. Mm. Like, I feel like that's a harsh example, but it's one of those things where it's just like, just because one is better or feels better or has less consequence than the other doesn't mean it's right, you know, to cover up your trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like this kind of bleeds into the depression one, which is the modern family one, where it's just full on portrayal i mean everything from her uh, you know her, her ex- exhaustion mm-hmm. you know um her passing her kids off to agnes inherently giving your kids to babysitters is not the worst thing in the world but when you're constantly shirking your responsibilities because of trauma that you're not dealing with then it's a problem like when you let other things slip in life because uh, i can't deal yeah like i don't have the uh motivation uh, like somebody had said, like anxiety is, I don't know, or uh, everything is important. Depression is nothing is important. Like that's kind of that episode where it's just like having both. Yeah, it's like no bath, bathrobe and sweats kind of day. Like n- this is, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how many people, if you dig into their lives, have these depressive episodes, but just call it like, in her case, a case of the Mondays. That's sad. <laughs> like, I see so many memes on, like, mom Facebook where mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, gotta have my wine. Oh, yeah. this is the case on the Mondays. But, like, that's real. Yeah. That's like, alcoholism, Debbie. Well, yeah. If it's and, and it comes from a source of trauma. It's not a matter of you just need to stop drinking. It's, hey, why are you drinking? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the journey to go on. It's not, oh, I keep lying. I should stop doing that. Well, but why are you lying? Yep. Like the, and that's a little less to do with grief, but that's like the journey of counseling that like we walk on so much of just like it's not about stopping this thing you don't like. That's a good start that mm-hmm. you you need to want to change, but you need to want to change by finding out what's causing these issues. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, what comes out of us is at the very end of us, like that's the end of the equation. There's been so much other things that have led to this answer. There's mm-hmm. been so many things that have informed like I work out constantly because, you know, I need this physical exertion to feel these kinds of things that I don't get elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I had a therapist that once said, uh, trauma is a Russian doll. Like, you have to unpack one at a time to get to the middle doll. Right. You have to take your time with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, And it's not, like... I mean, it's like you said, there's so many things that we do that we don't recognize are a response to or a counter to trauma. It's mm-hmm. it, like you almost imagine like your body's doing this involuntarily because it's protecting itself. And that's that's why we do things. It's just like I can't hit my kids, so I need to go work out. Like I need to mm-hmm. get the same physical exertion out. And I'm not like trying to call anybody out or anything. No, it's just like, like we all talk about the, oh, I eat too much or I drink too much or I turn to inappropriate relationships. But it can be stuff like that. It can be um, a matter of, like, workout life. Mm -hmm. I've talked to people where that's been their coping mechanism, and it's become unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just as addicting as alcohol. Uh, Again, better for you because nobody's going to make fun of you if you're ripped. But at the end of the day, what's the point if you're ripped and depressed still? Like, (laughs) 
it doesn't change the inside. So, but that's the problem with us. A change, like she keeps changing the world. She keeps changing the outside. Surely that's going to change the inside. I'll feel better if I just do this. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why it doesn't work. Because you're trying to change the inside with outside stuff. Absolutely. You need to change the inside with inside stuff. Therefore, then the outside stuff changes. Are you calling me out for changing my hair color? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think. I mean, at the end of the day, change can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a thing to take seriously. There's a reason in tarot cards, the card of death is actually the card for change. It's just that change is significant. It means something. And therefore, we must take it seriously. It's not to say that we should be afraid of change because that means something is dying. Sometimes death is good for things. Bad habits and bad behaviors, those should die. Absolutely. But we have to take seriously that which we kill in our lives. Like, there's people that kill relationships that are good, but they're accountable. So, therefore, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. That's that's the culture. <laughs> You're toxic. You know, there's people that'll say, you know, elements of cancel culture are the same thing of, like, and I do agree. It, it needs to be taken seriously what we hold accountable and how because it has lasting effects. Mm-hmm. It needs to be very carefully thought what does and doesn't need to change. You don't need to go psychoanalyzing what you put in your salad today, but you do need to be mindful of the physical habits and things you do that might be an indicator from yourself to yourself. Debbie, we need to talk. Oh, yeah. Old is knocking my iPad because he's not getting enough attention, apparently. <laughs> He loves you. Yeah, like, I I notice those kinds of uh, patterns in myself all the time. Like I mentioned, when I start getting a craving for bleaching my hair, that's when I know, <laughs> right. like, like, oh, I need to, like, I'm, I'm pick trying up to a phys- blanket. I'm trying to physically do something because yeah. of internal stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, now, not to be one of those people, but my therapist says. <laughs> well, and, and then the last thing, because we, we just got to move to acceptance and kind of wrap up. Uh, mm-hmm. And I realize we haven't talked about the actual show. Sorry. Whatever. Man. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot of other people are talking about the actual show and theories mm-hmm. and character moments. Listen, listen to them. Listen to a certain point of view. They did a fantastic uh, there you rewatch. Go. We're here to talk about trauma. There you go. <laughs> and because cause it. This is what we know. Right. Don't need therapy. You're about to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the last thing I'll say about the depression phase, though, because it's kind of blended in with the, the bargaining and balancing thing is the moment where she's just like, again, she's calling out like, I mean, you know, there's times you just got to extend the walls of this narrative you've created for yourself so that way you don't have to deal with the trauma that you're creating the narrative for mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And Agnes behind the screen, you know, is, it's this interesting character break. I feel like it was this thing of just like, oh, she's hurting so bad, I can't not twist the nail. But she's like, do you think this is what you deserve? And my thoughts have said that to me so much mm-hmm. and dealing with any kind of trauma yep. of like well maybe I was a bad kid maybe I was a bad person maybe I didn't deserve this happiness maybe these like you know like these things you twist on yourself that only reinforce the negative therapy you're giving yourself mm-hmm. it only reinforces why I need to create this fictional world why I need these habits because I'm a horrible person this is the only thing that makes me slightly good and makes it so that I have a little bit of happiness in this world. Mm-hmm. And and it's that imposter syndrome we have to get over in order to seek the help. And you can scale back anything we're talking about. Absolutely. This, this can go to the level of I lost a loved one levels of grief or to, hey, I kind of lied to somebody about a project at work and now I'm feeling guilty about it and everything. Like you're creating this... It's the same thing. You're creating this narrative to cover up this character flaw in you that it's, do I acknowledge it and accept it or do I not? I I don't generally get recognized at work, so is it really so bad if I do this one thing and and get the recognition for it? Like, you know, it it, it can go on any level of trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing is a bruise is trauma, just like, you know, a broken arm. Like it, but they're, they're both trauma. It's just one's obviously more severe, so... Uh, I just thought that was uh, uh, interesting because... Oh, yeah, that was great. From my point of view, especially this episode, because all the other time they pretend like the camera's not there, but this is one of those elements where, like, it's almost split personality where the you that is trying to live this narrative is Wanda and the you 
that is really stuck in the realization that none of this is real, mm -hmm. this isn't helping, is yeah. uh, Agnes in that of just like, what, who are we kidding? We deserve this. Like, who are we kidding? We, we could never be happy. Yeah. You know. And I think another, like, huge revelation in that episode is when Agnes pulls back on all of the, you know, inside characters. Mm -hmm. Well, that's in the last episode. And I think that's kind of a narrative, not a narrative, a, a way of saying you can hurt people in your trauma and not realize it at and, all. And not mean it. Not at which all. Which is Wanda's case. Mm -hmm. And um, you could either deal with it by justifying your actions or you could make a genuine apology. It's one of those things where it's like we have to at least recognize like when our trauma is hurting other people. Which it always does. Mm -hmm. You're going to bleed on somebody if you get cut. You're going to, you know, figuratively bleed on people if you don't healthily deal with depression. If you mm -hmm. don't deal with anxiety. If you don't deal with these things, it's going to affect other things. Yeah. Because you start, um, you start twisting things. Like, you know, you start, uh, in, in anxiety, you start wondering if people are genuine. Do you, why are you giving me this job? Like, do you not think I can do the other job? Like, why this? Or why didn't you pick me for that? Do you not think I'm good enough to do that? Like, you start getting very paranoid in how you treat people. Depression, like, you start um, really becoming um, an unreciprocating friend. You know, it's just all these things of just, like, because you're unmotivated on th certain things, you don't input into those relationships. And mm -hmm. it, it just, it becomes a thing of just, like, wow, or are you mad at me? Like, what, did I do something? And it's like, no, you didn't do it. It's other stuff. But like, well, what? Let, let's talk about it. It's like, no, it's, it's you nothing. You get it. Like, yeah. So, you know, all that to portray that, you know, when, when we don't deal with stuff, it affects people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's one of those things where it's just like, it's as much about you as it is other people. Mm -hmm. um, because we cannot, and unless you figure out a way and you can tell me how, we cannot live in a society on our own. You cannot live a life where you do not have to go grocery shopping, have to get gas, have to buy a car. Yep. Ha like any, like you've got to talk to people. You've got to interact with people. Therefore, if you're going through life with trauma, you can hurt people. So it's one of those things where it's like for your sake and for the sake of every person you're going to come into contact with, which in a lifetime is probably hundreds of thousands, mm -hmm. please help yourself. Please get it right because... You never know how the way you carry things affects other people. Even yeah. people you never even say hi to. Yeah. Like, people at work can see the way you're dealing with something and make a decision about life that day. There's a reason that one of the 12 steps in the 12-step program is, you know, making amends. Because mm -hmm. it's a big, important part of getting better sometimes, of acknowledging, I hurt this person. Mm -hmm. I hurt them and didn't even know it at the time. But looking back, I can tell. Whoopsie doodle. You know, I I said something incredibly hurtful to them. Mm -hmm. So going back to that person. And I learned this from Daniel Tiger. Mm -hmm. The best way to apologize is say, I'm sorry, and how can I help? And a lot of times... I hate that it's right. There's nothing that you can do to help. it's a freaking kid's show. But exactly. Yes. Sometimes... Well, Putting it in the language of children is the only way we understand it, which is a sad thing. Based on the teachings of Mr. Rogers. Well, yeah. That's why it's right. <laughs> I um, don't know. Okay, that's a little much, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, the, the best way to apologize is acknowledgement of what you did. Changing that behavior and moving forward, even if that person doesn't forgive you. Yeah, but you should at least try to make peace about it. Exactly. Like, if they don't accept it, that's fine. That's a consequence of being it's, stupid. Yeah. It's um, in their hands. Yeah, like I mean, it just it it's an it's a reality, unfortunately, and it's not taught enough that people can say no to your sorry. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make your journey to apologize wrong or bad or flawed. If you do it right, like it, there's so many technicalities yeah. to that statement, but yeah. nonetheless, we as an amended people need to make amends. Like if we've made the changes we claim to have made. We need to, whether people accept it or not, seek amends. Um, yeah, that's the one thing. If I could change WandaVision, there would have been more of that, sure. 
mm-hmm. but there's only so much they can do in a fictional show. Yeah. But at the end of the day, does she recognize the trauma and regret it? Absolutely. That's why she ultimately brings down the hex to let everyone go. Yeah. The only reason she then keeps the hex is to trap Agnes. Like, you know, it's it. she's figuratively in that sense making her amends, you know, mm-hmm. of like, this is the only thing I can do to make it right is let you people go. It, in my head <laughs> canon, I would have loved for the older lady. I cannot remember. Who yeah, the 70 her. show lady. I would have loved for her to like reach out and be like, it's okay. I understand. But that's just me wanting her to be a mom. She would have she would have done something like, Thank you for thirty days of not having to talk to my husband, by the way. <laughs> Some stupid thing like that. <laughs> uh, which is not a healthy thing and I, I, I know. But yeah. it's a it's a joke at the expense of everything we el- we've just I mean, said, but it's it's when, funny. When you're married <laughs> to the bad guy from Robocop, I mean Oh, amazing actor. Amazing. Um so yeah, so it ends off obviously in that acceptance and she brings down the hex. Um, and does it in her terms, and she and she makes her peace with her vision and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and ultimately though takes it as a, well, mm-hmm. that's it. But instead, she's like, okay, I've tapped into something. Um, in our case, it would be, hey, I've just discovered that I have the power to change the direction of my life by certain behaviors and actions and relationships. I'm gonna keep working on that. That's good. Except in her case, it's dark magic. Of course. Sometimes that's <laughs> You know, the best therapy is dark magic doesn't. anyway, so. Um, it's transmutation. Yeah. You're transforming yourself into another person. There you go. You're manifesting. It's chaos magic. <laughs> right. Like, and, and that's the one thing I do regret, and we will have to, at some point, circle back. So we yeah. can talk about stuff, because you have a lot of hand in a lot of the real basis for the magic and everything, and, you know, all of that. That makes it sound like I'm a witch. Which is an I didn't mean to spoil your secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't burn me. No, you. I just know stuff. Yeah, you, you're very into the world of what would be the mythos of real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I love uh, the spooky. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a real world concept. That that's not real. Exactly. It's been developed over years. Sorry, of sorry to the, our Wiccan fans. <laughs> misreading but. Enochian literature, like it's right. it's a thing. Um, um, I, I will talk about something from the actual show, though. Okay. That, like... Good. Let's me. get one out before the, show, the episode ends. So, yeah. Visions on visions. Um, the whole ship of Theseus thing. Mm-hmm. I had always heard it as the Abraham Lincoln's Axe Paradox. Yes, so, I thought of you with... I mean, I was sitting right next to you, but <laughs> I thought I thought of, of that... Yeah. Uh, of, uh, that thought argument you make um, yeah. a lot. Because you have Abraham Lincoln's Axe. His original axe sitting in a museum. Uh, the handle rots off, so they replaced the handle, and then the stone at the top rots off. They replaced the top. Mm-hmm. Is it still Abraham Lincoln's axe? That's no. it. Like, <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. I, like they, At the end of the day, they come to the recollection of both, and yeah. I don't think so. No. like uh, I don't think that's accurate, but... Well, the whole thing is... Maybe the mold and rot was the memories that's well, inside. Okay, but that's not a logic puzzle. That's that's more of an emotional appeal than anything. Because it's a thought experiment. Yes, but it wouldn't have fooled a computer like Vision. No. It shouldn't have, at least. <laughs> like, Vision would have won a Jeopardy. It should have been, wait, you're not Vision and I'm not Vision. It should have been a neither, not a both situation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I'm not smart like Paul Bettany, so. <laughs> Which I love that you man. Were salty about what? About like the, him dropping hints about the. Oh my uh, gosh! Who wasn't? Who wasn't? <laughs> oh yeah! I can't wait to work with this person. Everyone except myself. for Paul Bettany. <laughs> that I thought it was freaking funny. troll. Um, still a sexy troll though. So. He is. He's, uh, a, anyway. he's gorgeous. So yeah. So at some point we have a. Pretty full calendar at the point with Nerdyverse. Um, sorry, not sorry, because you like it when we do that. So <laughs> it's one of those things. But it's going to be a while before maybe we can. Um, but we'll we'll keep it up on the... We'll put a pin in it and maybe talk about the actual show and certain things like actors, behind the scenes stuff, yeah. and uh, real world elements, all that. Because I, we didn't really get to in that. And, and although, yeah, there's plenty of people that do it and probably do it better and more faithfully than we could... There's things we would like to talk about. 
this kind of just happened. Um, so yeah, so maybe we'll add it to our list of things to do in the future. Yeah, So definitely. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I think it was a fun conversation, and that's what I love and what I was enjoying throughout watching the show was the idea of the conversations this is going to start, the conversations this is going to inform, the illustrations this is going to give. Because, um, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I might be good with words, and I might not seem like that on the podcast, but it's just like even I can't poetically describe my trauma. And I don't mean poetic in a fun and frivolous way I mean poetic in a way of like you get it mm-hmm. uh, whereas this show does that and and I appreciate that so much for how it's a voice to my trauma how it's a comfort to other people's trauma and for the conversation that it's given us about trauma yeah. it's it's all interesting and it comes from freaking comic book characters it's so crazy the world we live in but um yeah it's great and so, yeah, like I said, we've got a pretty full schedule of Nerdyverse, um, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you enjoy getting this to be able to get that delivered straight to your mouth, eyes, and ears yeah. all at once. You're just going to be soaked in Nerdverse. Stop it. And um, <laughs> speaking of superheroes, uh, now, I will say, if you've been following us on Twitter, you'll see that I have been going through and rewatching chronologically the MCU, all movies and everything. Mm-hmm. And that is done. I am caught up. I am emotional. And I want to talk about it. And we will uh, soon and eventually. Again, At some point. we've got so much already planned um, because of the way the universe is aligned. So where it can fit, we will uh, eventually talk about some MCU stuff. So if you're excited about the MCU and love it, stay tuned for that. But before we ever planned to talk MCU, we had already planned to talk about the lesser CU. I'm kidding. Uh, not kidding. Um, we, we, DC. We're talking about I'm not DC. a DC fan, but we were intrigued by the thought project of what if two MCU fans sit down and discuss <laughs> supposedly the Jesus version of uh, Justice League? Um, you know, Who like, knows? you know, that's happening and the Internet is excited about it. And that is happening yeah. this week. I think I can say that. Let, let, let's say two Marvel fans who have watched almost nothing but. Uh, animated properties from DC. Yeah, I love I love DC Dude, bef- until it gets live action. Batman the animated series. The well, Justice except for League Christopher Reeves. Well, yeah. Um, like Batman Beyond. That's our bread and butter. Yeah, classics. Once it started being movies, not as big of a fan of it. Yeah. Um, and and but that's why I thought it would be interesting to come to this thing that is supposedly supposed to be a you know really faithful, really fun, great example of yeah. DC film. Well, who and, knows? Maybe Justice will listen to the podcast now. And we'll, yeah, I, I wanted to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And, be, you know, again, because I haven't even seen the original, neither of us have seen the original Justice League. Yes. Uh, we thought, perfect, let's go in fresh and see it the way it was intended to see. And maybe that'll be better and actually, you know, we'll like it. Um, it's not a wholesale issue. It's not like we hate everything DC. I mean, you know, as you've said, we do like certain properties and we do like certain uh, shows um, and everything. But, by and large, it hasn't hit as much. Yeah. So, uh, one of our first interesting things to do is talk about the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League that, yeah. that's coming out. And so we plan to do that um, on the, I believe, next episode of Nerdyverse. Um, and then uh, after that, we have uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. And then a uh, little bit after that, we have Mortal Kombat. Yes. So, again, our music... Or our music... Our film taste has decided the future of Nerdyverse for the little while. So just bear with us. But at some point, again, MCU is going to fit in. Actually talking about the show, WandaVision is going to fit in. Uh, and then other things are going to fit in somewhere. Um, so hopefully you like superheroes and all that stuff, because that's going to be our content for a little while. <laughs> and also X-Files. Yeah, and, and, and also, yeah, one-offs of X-Files. Um, also one-offs of other shows and movies we enjoy. Um, the Conjuring is getting another sequel. Um, yes. Halloween is getting another sequel. So there's going to be a lot of things to talk mm-hmm. about. So it's exciting to be a fan of Nerdyverse. Um, uh, if you love those things, uh, our hope at the end of the day is even if you're not a fan, maybe we can convince you, you know, by talking for an hour and a half about trauma. <laughs> um, other than that, we have Star Wars coming up. Obviously, Bad Batch is uh, around the corner. So we're going to be talking about that. 
And April 2nd, we're getting a whole buttload of classic Star Dude, Wars stuff. My days of Caravan outrunning. Caravan of Courage. My days of outrunning Caravan of Courage. And the other Ewok so movies excited. have come to an end. It's exciting. Like, um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to have some fun stuff to talk about Star Wars-wise. And then Hat Chatter's happening. That episode's released this yeah. week. And that was weird. I have a question. Do you think that we could manage to talk about Fantastic Four 2 Silver Surfer while only speaking about the parts that the Silver Surfer are in? Did you see the life leave my face as soon as you said Fantastic Four? Here's the thing, though. <laughs> the Silver Surfer is the best part of the movie. Absolutely. So, because it's Doug Jones. If we only talk about Doug Jones. Who did, who did, the, who did they voice over? Lawrence Fishburne. You told me that before, and I still don't believe it. And I, I, I need to... You never believe me! <laughs> Well, no, it's just I didn't know who it was when I heard it. Yeah. I knew it wasn't Doug Jones, but I didn't know who it was when I heard it. So it's one. Yeah. It, it's like when we're watching X Files and you're like, "Oh, that's Jodie Foster," and I'm like, "What?" And it's like when you hear a voice without a face, it's just like a different thing. So anyway, um, if we get, Can I don't. I, I need to. I need to come up with some fifty likes. <laughs> no, not even that. I need to come up with. Give me five dollars. If that's five patrons. If that's one $5 patron, I don't know. I'm going to need about Tree Fitty. I don't know what to do <laughs> this episode. About, I'm going to need about Tree Fitty to talk about Fantastic Four on this podcast. And that's per per Fantastic Four. I'm okay? putting it on Twitter. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tweet at Doug Jones and be like... <laughs> He's not going to give us his money. No, I, I want that his man. money. Oh, okay. I want him to have a full and lovely life. But that's all I want from Doug Jones. Oh, God. That's all I, I hope for I want him to be happy. Um, that's it. No, I don't know. We maybe if we get bored and run out of stuff to talk about, maybe we'll talk about that crap. But when are we anyway. gonna talk about Star Wars? Yeah. Uh it so lots of stuff. Lots and lots and lots of stuff. That's what Nerd Herder has become. This just amalgamation of stuff. It's a blob, if you will. It's Akira. Um it's it's no, nasty it's not it's and Tetsu. it's throbbing and no. it loves you. And hot dog <laughs> Yeah. If you've so, never listened to the Akira soundtrack, do yourself a favor. Subscribe, like where you like it, and all that good stuff. Um, shout out to our friends at Red 5 Network. We've already mentioned from a certain point of view. They've talked uh, very well about WandaVision, much better than us. Yes. Please listen to them instead. Um, and then, um, as always, Game Infinite. Um, and we've got a lot of cool games coming out, some of them Star Wars related. Um, you know, we have uh, Star Wars Lego coming out this year. We have... Um, the uh, Republic Commando coming to Switch and PlayStation, I think. And then Xbox is getting an update to something else, I believe, I've seen recently. So Star Wars games, if that's your thing, or if other things, Halo Infinite's coming out, Um, you know, New Mario, all kinds of things are happening on games. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yep. So Skyward Sword Remastered. If we've said any words you didn't understand, that's why you need to follow Jesse over at Game Infinite on Twitter, Instagram, or GameInfinite.net. for all the good stuffs um, of, of gaming. And I think at that point, it's time we end this and it's get time. some therapy. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. Get help. Get get help, stop not it. us. Get some help. Yes. Mustachioed Michael Jordan says get some help. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.